Hi, I'm Julie. I'm Laura. We're longtime friends who know a good year at Real Talk can solve almost anything. And we're transferring our skills and experiences to our new coaching practice. Whether you're making a big decision, exploring a new path, planning a project, or you just want to learn how coaching might help you, join us for our conversations on Coaching Through It. Laura, we are here. We're talking about competency number one, demonstrates an ethical practice. I'm going to give a quick definition. I know we said we weren't going to like summarize the whole things, but I do think it's good to get us all on the same page. Um, The definition of this is really understanding and consistently applying coaching ethics and standards of coaching. I have a lot of feedback about that definition. Yeah, it says coaching twice in it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So for those of you who remember, we're diving deep into every ICF core competency. And this is the foundation A.1. (laughs) So ethical practice Ethics, that's a huge part of coaching. So I'm glad it's number one. Yes, I agree. You know, I'm going to be honest in some of this as I was digging into this, it's like, here's, they're going to shove all the things into this. I almost feel like they, uh, this is a giant umbrella and some of these other competencies that we'll dig into are then smaller pieces under this umbrella, right? Yeah. Um, I think it all, all roads point to ethics, perhaps you could say. Yeah. And I, I think it's a competency that really um, aligns with how you distinguish a coach under this ICF standard versus those who maybe have their own way. And it's not to say it's right or wrong. A coach, coach is a free range being out there. We know that people can call themselves a coach, whatever they are, a sales coach, a business coach, a marketing coach. There's so many titles, but what distinguishes this code of ethics within this foundation specifically, I think it really drives home the core value of why the International Coaching Federation looks to um, coaches to lead the practice this way, right? So they have a certain amount of values. We have to kind of all agree that we're going to coach the same way, Mm -hmm. follow the same standards. And this is kind of, yeah, that bucket that we, I like that, the umbrella, we all hang under the rain of coaching under. So that's good. It's a very Seattle metaphor for us. Yeah. Except you don't use umbrellas here. That's a lesson. No, no yeah. different, mm-hmm. different conversation for a different day. But yeah. um, I, you know, I do think it is, there is something to be said uh, around being able to depend on what you're going to get, right. As you enter into a coaching relationship. And I do think some of this is about client advocacy. That's another way I would put it. Right. And, and being able to provide clients with something that, um, they can count on, right? And so making it about that coach and client relationship as you're selecting a coach rather than like, oh man, is this person even going to like see me as a person in this situation, right? Yeah, and this is like, I call it kind of like the foundational work you set up. Like it would be a contract. It would be you having an exploration session to see if there's right fit or alignment. It would be respectful planning. Like you have, schedule a meeting with me, Julie, you meet me at a certain time in a certain manner. So in person, face-to-face or by phone. And so it's all these kind of like protocols around coaching that people don't talk to, like how we set them up, how we meet, how we might refer out if needed um, to say, oh, that sounds like something a social worker or a financial Mm -hmm. advisor or a therapist might be good at. I'm only going to do this work with you as a coach and kind of setting those boundaries, I think. Yeah. I think one thing that stood out to me that I wasn't really expecting in this one was the notion of how are you focusing on yourself in the in the definition or context of uh, how much are you revealing about yourself, right? And mm-hmm. I um, I have a friend who was talking about a uh, 
experience with a therapist. So different, we all know coaching and therapy is different, but I think it's a good example in this one where the person essentially was like, (laughs) the therapist in context was like, do you go to this club? I've been to this club and I'm assuming that you would go do this, you know? And, and my friend was like, oh, whoa, that is way too much personal information, you know? Um, and so how, um, you know, how do you say, so you might say, uh, you know, I enjoy hanging out with my friends on the weekend, right? Like that mm-hmm. could be a level of personal information that feels ethical rather than unks, 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 like I'm out <laughs> in the club. <laughs> I don't think I've, I don't think I've gone that far. Yeah. Right? No, Everybody's you doing de- a lemon drop. <laughs> you will develop a rapport, but you're not going to be someone's best yeah. friend that you're coaching. Yeah. And I think it's like, I guess the self, I thought about this recently because I put a new thing in one of my online profiles for coaching is that I'm one of my big daunting goals is training for a marathon. And I just did that. So people get to know me a bit. It's nothing too personal, but it's a tidbit, but yeah, you're, you're right. You're not going to be going up to your bank teller and giving them the 411 on your life and the hot goss. So why would you do that with any other professional, like a coach? So I I, I like that example. Francis Penafor did this video and we're, we're borrowing the videos. They're really great. So if you're studying for the ICF, uh, the knowledge assessment exam, coaching knowledge assessment exam, please use it. Um, But she brought up three different areas that you took some notes from that we should really focus on to demonstrate an ethical practice. Yeah. So that first one was the focus on yourself, right? So, and, and she phrased this a little bit of like, how much of yourself do you want to bring in to the coach client relationship? And I... I get that. And I don't know, that one was hard for me. That phrasing was hard for me because I'm like, you bring your whole self, right? And I, and I don't mean by obviously that level of disclosure that we just talked about, but I do think like, I want to be fully, like I am bringing me all the time. And then what we're, what the ethical like um, navigation is, is, is how much of, how much of me is revealed. So I guess it is, you know, it's not how much of yourself it's what are you sh- i don't know maybe we don't need to worry about like semantics in that situation yeah i asked the how are you showing up as a coach and is yeah. it is it that you don't want to be too empowering so like an example someone might listen to us on this podcast we're really blah 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 but in our coaching we're not and so it made me think about a client said to me and maybe it's because i have shorter coaching sessions with the, this group of people um so 30 minutes and she said but you're really pushy. And I hadn't thought about it, but like, it's how you bring yourself. And it might be if I bottom line or I insert myself to ask a question, because it's not going to be a conversation back and forth like we're having. It's going to be, okay, what do you mean by that? Tell me more. No, really, let's get into it. And it could be seen as this is your coaching hat is almost kind of what I think about it. Yeah. And I think it brings up a good discussion to you. You and I have both coached for our employer and then also coached, you know, externally for, I'm going to say like new unrelated clients, right. That, that we just come across and so, or referred to us. And so that feels different too in that situation of how am I showing up as a coach? Cause some of those corporate clients, like we have objectives, I got to get you to this point, yeah. you know, or you're part of a program cause you're a new employee. And so we have things we have to do. And that I might not be that, that, uh, you know, pushy to borrow that language and example with a client that isn't in sort of that, that corporate context. Yeah. And maybe that's the second piece, like the focus on relationship. Um, And that's like, what is the relationship that you and that client will have, Uh, whether it's one-to-one or group, you're kind of um, setting the tone and nurturing that relationship. And so I see it as um, 
it builds and it builds even from like the exploration point. Like people feel like there's already a connection with you, the coach, based on the questions they've asked or you've asked them. So you set the tone right away. And I've learned more and more that those exploration sessions, whether they work with me or not, like they'll know what to expect from this um, relationship, what I'm going to bring, what they're going to bring, what the dynamics of a session looks like and how it's going to be set up under this kind of standard of practice um, where we say, oh, wait, we meet for an hour. Um, I will record. Um, you'll make actions that are accountable for yourself. So just uh, defining those under these ethics too. Yeah. You know, and I, um, I think that's great because this is something as I am, you know, still fairly new in my practice, thinking about how do I nurture, right? I really stuck on that word nurture because what does it look like in, (laughs) Laura's known me long enough to know like, uh, man, if I'm going to reach out and and I don't hear back from you, it's, I'm like gonna, I can't get you off the worry meter, you know, like, and so um, how do you give space to folks, right? How do you nurture a relationship for a client who might be not as participatory, right? In that Mm -hmm. coach client relationship, how are you nurturing for someone who might be overly participatory and like emailing you and reaching out a lot, right? I think that nurture word can be used or can be thought of through different lenses too. Yeah. And I, I think the idea, I like that she talked a bit about belief and she mentioned the comment about a dog not showing up. And yeah. one of my clients actually talked about a, a loss of dog. So I'm like, I'm making sure I'm shutting my door and Jack's not in my background because yeah. he doesn't need to be an empathy coach dog for that person um, because she's working through a, a little fur baby loss. Mm-hmm. And also I think it's, I think establishing how they want to show up. Another one of my clients, like, can we not talk on screen? Cause I really enjoy pacing while talking with you. I'm like, you do you? Yeah. So it's, what do you need? And how, I think it's also me checking in and you checking in as a coach going, well, what, did that work for you? Or how, how does that sound? Or what yeah. would you like to do in these meetings and sessions? And how do we set it up? So we don't always have to be on screen with our clients. We maybe one day we'll be in person. Who knows if that happens? I don't know. But like, what's that agreement that you come together? Yeah. I also think too, um, this wasn't explicitly stated, but something I took away was uh, just being upfront with your clients, you know, and they did share an example in the video about a coach who knew the person wanted to be, uh, the client wanted to be in person versus on the phone, but the coach for whatever reason had to be on the phone. And I do wonder, yes, you want to align with your client, but what would have happened differently if the coach would have just reached out and said, Hey, like, ish has happened today. And if we like, I can keep this session, but it has to be on the phone and we can go back to in-person, like just owning that honest moment. Um, it it could have landed very differently. And then as a coach being able to be like, Oh, nope. The client said, you know what? Nope. I'd rather reschedule, you know, and do, and that's fine too. But I think that there's this piece of like, for me, that aligns with ethics of just like, own your shit. Like you messed up your timing. And so you can't do video or you can't do this and just like be, be honest. And as a way to both ethical and then I think nurture that client coach relationship. It shows that you're earning trust, right? And you're also like, it's not, um, I, I think Rachel Botsman talks a bit about like trust and it's not that it's built, but it's continually earned and it's how you show up. And if you are being transparent and honest and real, and uh, you also have the same allowance for your clients, like if they cancel last minute. So it depends on like kind of what boundaries you set up. Do you let your clients rebook with you? I do. I probably should have more boundaries around them, but like they have the flexibility to reschedule. Um, but it's setting up that contract of we'll meet these six times for 60 minute sessions and it'll be in 
this ideal format and we will revisit even their coaching plan. Like, what do you want to work on and has that evolved? So I think it's um, checking in and seeing where you're at. And part of that relationship is also like, I think we're done our work here, Julie. Go forth, little bird, and fly. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. No, I think that's true. And then part of this, uh, and this is something that I really struggled with as we first started training, which you know, um, I think is you have to believe in the ICF system, right? Um, And we've talked about this season one. I know I said this so much. You told me to stop saying it, I think, was like, trust the process or T the P, um, which came back up for me with this, right? But this idea of like, you have to be able to like lean into the framework ICF has given you because it is it is there for a reason. It is, it works, it's proven, you know, and so have an exploration session, like work through an agenda, like get those action, like you have to do those things. Um, yeah. Describe more what you mean about systems. So if listeners are like, what the heck is Julie talking about a coaching system? Oh yeah. 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 So specifically in this video, they're relating it to like the structure and approach um, that ICF outlines um, for a coach and a client. So it is, you know, having that exploration session so that you are, as you've already detailed very well today, setting up expectations with that client, right? Aligning, uh, outlining for them what coaching looks like, that you are starting every session and following that framework of setting an agenda, right? That you are making sure that there's clear objectives and that you are, you and the client are both aligned on what the outcomes of the session are, right? That you're mm-hmm. closing the session, that you are asking for ways that you can support, that you're getting accountability. So all of those things um, that, that, ICF tells us should happen in a session that we, we do it because we believe in the systems that they have, right? Um, the policies that they have. We don't try to be a therapist just because we think we can um, because ICF has guided us and said, mm, that's not what we do here. Yeah. It's the standards of practice. I, I really like that. And you've, you couched it really well to say, you've got a beginning, you check in uh, if the agenda changes you call out, call in, and at the end you wrap and you have like a set of closing questions and um, that says, what do you, what support do you need? What actions will you change? What, what are you going to, lessons have you learned that you're going to take forward with you? And so I love that um, all of that kind of keeps us in check. And I also think it, when I sit down, it makes me go, all right, we're locking in for coach mode. This is what's going to happen. Um, there's a routineness to it. So I guess that's the system. And then there's a um, kind of a cadence as you work through. And I'm always like half looking at the time with clients and going, am I going to get to the thing that they need to get to? I don't like you're worried, but you're like, yeah, oh, they'll get there. And I guess that's your T to the P, trust the process. Yeah. Yeah. I also think too, there. Um, this is a good reminder for coaches because um, it, clients don't make progress in the same way. Every client is different, right? Earth, earth shattering news. Every client <laughs> is different. And, <laughs> and so trusting in the system that like, this will get the client to where they, they can, and maybe are even able to be, might be the best way to say it. Right. So a client might not to you look like they've made tons of quote unquote progress and in a session, but like the system use the system. Don't try to push progress, um, your definition of progress, right? Outside of kind of some of those standards of practice and, and structural pieces. Yeah. Cause you're right. Success is defined by the client and it's not that you're going to get them to another thing. Like my ones are like, I'm going to get another career, a job. And I was like, 
no, what else did you take from wh- what we've talked about today? And so it's, it's coaching that person, not the problem. And I, I'm always reminded because people always come with problems and sure, we'll talk about them, but it's not the problem we're working on. It's right. one another. Yeah. And I, I think it's a helpful reminder. Um, the other parts of the ethics are how do we disclose or keep people in the loop we need to, um, especially if we're doing this brought up an idea of like sponsored coaching that we've done, but I've also had a parent schedule an exploratory for our son. That's 32. And I had to go back to my old, like higher ed, ed days, uh, FERPA uh, in the U S FIPA for my Canadian friends, uh, you know, all the privacy considerations. And I was like, great. And so I'm glad you found me on the directory of ICF, but I'm going to talk to the client. So not, not the, uh, like still have a conversation about coaching with the, the parent, but talk to the client. And so it made me think about like those boundaries, things are confidential regardless of, even if it's like we work within the same system and organization that there is a level of you, ha- you hold your own recording. So you had my old clients internally in our organization um, record their own. I was like, if you want recording, you can have it. You should record it because you set up meetings and then you have it. And they're like, great. Okay. So we had some, you have to come to some agreements that there's um, lots of boundaries around confidence, confidential things, as well as setting things up in an ethical way that works for you in your own systems and whatever that looks like, I guess, I guess self system of coaching. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I think, and I think situationally, it's another like great way to flex this like ethics muscle or like, how are you nurturing that relationship? Because situationally, with some of the sponsored coaching, my folks were new employees. And so, which I, th- I think is, I'm going to say lower stakes because we, we do know that there's performance-based coaching, right? That might mm-hmm. be a little more sensitive to what you're sharing with, um, you know, some of the employers. And so it was great because we, I would always end my last meeting with them saying, this is, this is the report that I, this is what I've heard. This is what I'd like to present. Like, how do you feel? And so giving them kind of insight and ownership into that, that final wrap up, if you will. Yeah. Fun fact for this um, ICF core competency, this is coming up more and more this last month or two of coaching for me. Um, I'm coaching with an external, I'm do- I work with BetterUp and um, I'm, do- I'm a care coach, which is totally different. And I just put myself in an awkward, different zone that I've never coached in before. And it's it's around like um, health and wellness and maybe some emotional things. Um, and Coaches in this area have background in therapy, counseling, social work, uh, but it is truly a coaching experience, but we get into like some personal things. And so I have to remind myself if there's disclosures of a mental diagnosis or some other well-being, I'm not trained, so I will never go there. But I am also like, when do I need to refer out and, know, and say, who else are you talking to? Um, and what other support or resources do you have? Because... I can coach a little bit and I work really well in partnership with any other team player I've mentioned, um, a therapist, a financial advisor, I don't, you name them all. And this has been like challenged me to go, what is the boundaries of coaching and like, where do I need to stop and start? And a couple of the issues that have come up have been around like from sexual harassment to loss and grief. And so I'm, I'm very cognizant of, okay, I can only do this much. How can I, and asking the client, how can I support you as a coach? If you're getting help elsewhere, um, how can I be a different kind of support for coping and strategies and things like that? So that's made me think so much more. And I've had to define that in context to a lot of them have therapists. So I always have to say, 
well, therapy might look back, coaching, I meet you here and now, um, and we work forward whatever way you want to work, move forward. And that's really what I've been revoicing and saying a lot in a lot of meetings, especially first meeting greets with folks, just to clarify the role. Laura, what else would you add around this competency? What would you bring in around ethics? Yeah, I think you put a couple of interesting questions around identities. Um, so what it means to hold certain identities in a room, in a space with a client um, and how that impacts your relationship. Although like we're still seeing people face-to-face on screen, um, it, there are more issues that are coming up that I want to make sure that I'm the right person and fit for them. Um, I did have someone say to me, like, I don't think you're a person of color. You are a woman from what I can tell. I was like, yep, all those are true. But how could you still, and how can I still hold space for some of these issues that have come up that don't, I don't want to lead with them. So this is focusing on myself and relationship, but I want to know that I can be, I'm open enough that they can step through the door with me and we can have a conversation around difficult, awkward conversations from race to gender, to sexual orientation. And that's what I've been thinking more about. That's not really talked about fully in this aspect, but I love that you you asked that. How do we honor clients' identities as, as a coach? I really like that question. Yeah, I think, you know, I am in business start phase. And so for me, it is around what language am I using on my website? Where am I advertising? you know, or like reaching out, what kind of pricing are you doing, right? We talk about sliding scale, we've talked around about pro bono stuff. And so I, I think there's a lot of of that that can signal, I mean, to your point, you don't really, I mean, maybe sometimes you do, but you don't really, when you're meeting with a client, be like, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, you know? <laughs> and so, but what, what signals comfort? And I, I think we, we have a lot of experience with that in different realms of our life. And so bringing some of that in, where do I share my pronouns? How do I share my pronouns? You know, like, so that clients see that and so that they think, well, at least, at least this person knows what a pronoun is, you know? (laughs) Right. Right. Well, and I wonder, like, this got me thinking, you have me curious as to like, maybe what are the questions we ask clients? So like, sometimes they come prepared with questions in the exploration sessions, but maybe it's, um, and I've asked them, like, what do you want to know about me that you probably won't know in most sessions? Because in coaching, you do most of the talking. So that's been my new question is like, what do you like to know about me? You can ask me anything. So what can I share? So you get to know me a bit more because this is a get to know you session as well. And I've had some really interesting questions, like from where do you live to you have a funny accent. So what does that sound like? So, and we've gotten into like, oh, I'll, I'll tell you a bit about blah, 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 or they've noticed something. So I wonder maybe prodding our clients to ask us like more, I don't mean intimate, but intimate questions about who we are so they can get a sense and feel. I hope this podcast shares a little bit of your quirky self, Julie. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. And I do think, you know, and I, I I would be curious to know what coaches at large would say, because I do think that there, that there is, it is ethical to ask folks curious questions, right? That is bringing that in. Ooh, I like that. What curious questions do you have for me? That's <laughs> yeah. a great question. I'm going to write that you one know. down. Yeah. But it is, but I, I think, I don't think you can just ignore we talk about, I mean, you know, sneak peek into other competencies, this idea of like a coach's intuition coming in. And if someone is talking about an experience and you want to to say like, hey, like which, you know, which part of your identities might be 
you know, impacted most, I don't know, I'm trying to make up a question on the fly, but like, you know, Mm. I I think that's fair. And I think that's okay. Because I do feel like sometimes folks who um, experience, you know, marginalization based on identities aren't always able to like, it's dismissed. And so sometimes not asking about it can continue that dismissal. Ethical piece of it is moving away if the client doesn't want to talk about it. I don't, I know. That's my hot take. Hot take. No, and I do think the clients have come in with different um, different identities of my own have straight up asked me, like, how can you support me? And I was like, great question. Like, I have worked with some, this, whether I say neurodiverse, a Black woman, an Asian man. Like, mm-hmm. so I, but it's more than just ticking a box for me. So I love that you asked, like, you almost asked, like, what ways can I share my coaching experience? Or like, I like the simple question, like, what brought you into coaching? And I think, you and I can talk about that. Like, that's where you go, well, I've learned that coaching really gets to people where they are and it's it's interesting pathway and it's unique. Like it is individualized and unique. So like talking about that or like, why did you get started? Like, those are some fun coaching questions. Um, So I'm going to write down your question and ask it like, what curious questions you have for me about my coaching practice, myself, my life. Like, and I just like sit there and go, ask me anything. That's good. Thank you, Julie, for your, your question today. You know, dropping, dropping knowledge all the like time. It, like it's hot. One thing I will say about this. So I'll get, leave a resource nugget because I just discovered it myself. When you sign up beca- to become an ICF coach, even if you're not, you're not certified yet, but you can log in, you have access to a bunch of learning. So they have a, um, my learning activities, a learning portal, and there's an ICF coaching ethics course. And I'm going to take it because you actually, once you get certified, you have to re-up and get certain um, continuing coach education credits unit. So there's, it's for three credits. It's to certify or recertify as a coach with ICS. It's just under an hour of a course. You do a reading and then you have a learning checkpoint. So I'm going to do this myself at some point in the near future, but it's the ethics CCE course. So that's one thing I will drop in there and share with you all. If that's something you want to learn more about ethics and they have some other ethics guidelines that are out there. They're just really helpful as people think through their process and practice. I will. I think it's important to know, in my opinion, this competency is one that you have to do work around. I mean, in theory, you have to do work around all these, but I think you really have to do work around this one. It's not, it's not a guide. It is a guidepost. It's not a map. What am I trying to say? Right. It's not is a checklist. Not, thank not, you. Thank you. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, not a checklist. Yeah. Process. Yeah. And you'll revisit this. Like you'll be challenged about this continually as a coach and said, Oh, I thought this is where my boundary is, my standard is, or what I can do. And then you might get pushed beyond it. So I, I think that's really, it's really good. All right, Julie. I feel more ethical already. Says so it's like a con con person line. Uh, trust me. I got, I got ethics. Trust me on that yeah. one. All right. Till next time. Till next time. We are what? Coaching through it. Be sure to listen to the next episode by subscribing to our podcast. We always welcome comments and questions. Send us an email at coachingthroughit at gmail.com. Until then, we'll be figuring it out on Coaching Through It.